0: Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Harry's podcast. Thank you for listening last week. I know I took a bit of a break, three months, what a lazy git, but I'm back. I'm feeling good. I've just shot the first day of the new short film, Harry Is Not Okay. It's a bit of an odd one because it's three days and my cat is climbing all over my microphone. Albert, get down get down get down please get down okay sorry about that so yeah we've just shot the first day of harry is not okay um just the past sunday today is thursday and we've got another two days coming up on this saturday and sunday yeah the first day is out of the way it is a bit odd because it's the first time i've ever shot three days and the first day shooting the beginning and the ending of a film I've never done that before so that was a bit strange but it also feels good now in my mind because I know how the film starts and I know how the film ends so even though I've not done it before it actually feels weirdly nice doing it for the first time and and having that in your head and we shot in a flat that was kindly of lent to us in the building I live in and I don't know how you feel when you make a film but I kind of get annoyed that there's a lot of stress around the production of the film rather than the actual making of the film. So, for example, I couldn't really sleep that well the night before. And it was mainly about, you know, what happens if people complain about the noise or what happens if we damage the flat that's been kindly lent to us for free and and, and stuff like that, when really, obviously, it should be on the shots and it should be on the acting and it should be on the directing. And it, it made me think of how, like, it must be so nice when you get to a level where... You're not worried about that, all that stuff. You can just worry about the creative side of things. But the first day, I think, went as well as it could have gone. I was worried about getting everything done. We dropped one shot that we'll we'll pick up sort of next week after we shoot this weekend. Jim Embrae's doing a great job lighting the thing. It looks brilliant. After the first day, there's now a general more excitement from me. Not that I was like misery guts or I was just like a grump, but I think... um, approaching the first day was weirdly like I think sometimes with filmmaking you can get in your head so much about thinking about things that you just want it done like you want it just over and done with and you kind of I was saying to Lawrence the co-writer like it feels like I'm wishing my life away because I can see the film like we can both see the film because we've written the film and we've spent a couple of months now working on the script and so you just want it done um which is weird because that's not normally the has been the case for me normally my favorite part is the actual production side you know you hear a lot of directors say their favorite side is the editing um and i've talked in the past about my sort of mixed relationship with editing and frustrations around it and my genuinely my favorite part is the making um but i can kind of this time ra- round understand other directors who are like oh i just hate the production side i just want it to be over Um, But that isn't the case now for these next two days. I'm really excited about them because we're shooting a day in like this creepy old derelict house which is going to be really fun because it's just a brilliant location and with my filmmaking past I haven't really had the chance to shoot in anything that isn't something that I live in or you know a bus stop or a telephone box you know stuff that I can get for free basically so that'll be interesting and cool and i guess we're just trying to lift up every element you know we're working with working with three actors that we've cast on this and we did zoom rehearsals yesterday for the van scene and we did we're doing a zoom rehearsal tonight for another scene and it just feels like i know that seems really basic like oh you're doing rehearsals well done but i feel like the actors could have easily turned around and gone, yeah, you're not paying me enough for this sort of thing. I haven't got time. And it is like three or four days before we shoot. So they could have easily just gone, I'm sorry, mate, I'll, I'll see you on the day. But it's nice that they've agreed and said, no, no, that's good. And you just kind of tick in... Uh Ticking boxes and just doing the best you can and making sure that everything's right. And I, I was saying to Lawrence last night that when this film's done, no matter how it comes out or how it looks, it's kind of like, Well, we did we did the best that we could. We you know, we didn't sort of slack off. We didn't at any point go, Oh no, there's no point rehearsing, we can't be asked doing that, you know, and it's only on Zoom. What's the point of a Zoom rehearsal? We've said, No, we need to get this Zoom rehearsal done. So that that feels good as a as a filmmaker as well. It puts you at ease because You know, you can have pre-productions and stuff where people don't meet up and people don't, um, people don't seem to be that enthusiastic because it might be to do with pay or time, you know, and I think you just, you have to do the best you can at this level with no money and little time. It's like we've wrecked the house once and I wanted to wreck the house again. And I think we might be able to sort of the night before for like a quick half an hour and I was a little bit anxious about that about a week ago. Like, oh, you know, we're only seen in the house once, really, before we shoot there. But now this time, I'm just like, well, that's all we've got. You know, deal with it. Don't. There's no point stressing out over that and like, oh, I don't know what my shots are and I don't this. It's like we'll just go there on the day and we'll and we'll figure out and we'll do it. And I think it's weird because sometimes I relate that to being like really disorganized and a shit director, basically. You know, like not having a firm shot list and not just not doing your work, basically. And then now I'm kind of like, oh well, no, there's a difference between that and then also just having a confidence to turn up and go, you know, we can't figure this out until we actually see it. You know, we can't... Until we see what the actors are going to do and the space, then how can you possibly shot list for this? So we've got ideas, um, but... I think part of the fun as well on this short film is we've got three days where it feels really collaborative and people are coming up with ideas. And, you know, I think that can be tricky as well sometimes because as a filmmaker, you want, you know, like say a certain framing, like you've imagined it in your head, like this is the framing. But then when you get there on the day and the cinematographer sets up another shot and you go, mm, that's not really how I imagined it. But, you know, does that does that matter? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be that controlling um, or at least with this budget and this time frame, it's like, you're not going to have that level of control over it. So it's kind of living with that. So I am excited and I'm happy about it. It's coming together and it's just, it's a kind of a strange film. I'm not going to go into what the film's about really, but when I first got chatting to Lawrence and we were like, what do we want to make a film about? one of the first things Lawrence said was about reality and that over the last year or so because of lockdown he's kind of struggled with with reality and I connected with that as well and was like yeah that is kind of interesting what can we do about that 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 is kind of has depth and is funny because we we also made a choice early on that we didn't want to just make an out and out comedy. Like we could have sat down and gone, let's just make the funniest thing we can. You know, I think there's pros and cons to that as well, because you want to make something that has a bit of depth to it. So it was good that we were on the same page straight away. I have just realised that it sounds like someone's mowing their lawn in the background. So I apologise about that, Ryan. And to anyone listening, the sound quality of this episode it is not, anything to do with Ryan McMurray at Bracken Audio. It is to do with the shit, noisy flat that I live in. And so I apologize about that. But what we lack in sound quality on this one, we're going to make up with sheer authenticity and candidness. I've never really submitted to festivals that much because I've been so broke that I haven't submitted them. Or I've had a deep-rooted insecurity that well, I'm not going to submit my film because then I'm open to judgment and people might not accept my film, like literally won't accept my film. The only time I did submit was when I would got funding for a film and it didn't do very well in terms of festivals. But I didn't know that at the time that like that was par for the course, that you don't just get into every festival and like Sundance don't fly you over and put you up in a hotel for your first short film. Like I didn't realise that. But for this one, especially watching the still, like seeing the stills from last week and reading the script back and the fact that we've done 10 drafts of this thing and we've questioned it from like every angle, we are sort of low key excited about it. And I would like for this film to be the first one in a while that gets sent to festivals. So I'm already thinking of like four or five really good UK festivals that I'm like, well, let's send it. And if it doesn't get into any, then it gives me an excuse to um, get drunk for the first time in like six years. There's so many little things that you have to do on a short film. You know, you're thinking already like post-production and, uh, you know, I'd like to get a really cool poster and the score. You know, I need to get a composer for it. And, you know, I haven't even finished the thing yet. You know, I've got two days left to shoot. So you can't sort of spin in plates. And then, you know, I've got to learn my lines for the actual shooting on Saturday and Sunday. And it's all encompassing. And it does make me think like, Jesus, how do these guys do it who write, direct and act on these like big films? You know, how the fuck does Ben Affleck sleep at night? Does he sleep? Ben Affleck's probably not a good example because he's had a rough couple of years, but which might be to do with the fact that he tries to do it all on these big films because I'm struggling to do it on a 10 minute film. So I don't know how the hell he's doing it. I alluded to a couple of things last week that i've been thinking a little bit more of in terms of getting this short film done getting it into festivals hopefully and then lawrence and i are working on some other projects we've talked about tv pitches that we can submit with harry is not okay and horror cells because that one needs uh sort of tying up and then it'll be It'll be done. I'll have two short films to my name. And so, yeah, submitting those with TV pitches, I've been super cynical and been like, Lawrence, this ain't gonna happen, mate. Like, we ain't we ain't gonna send a short film in with a TV pitch and a production company's gonna roll out the red carpet and and give us a series deal or give us this or give us that. But having said that, it's worth doing. It's worth submitting something and sending something out because I've not really, as well as submitting to festivals. I've never really submitted to a lot of people at once. You know, I've never finished a film, made a spreadsheet of contacts and gone, right, let's send this short film out to 10 people. I've just, I've never done that. And in a way that's like 101 of sort of getting your work out there. I've always been weirdly lazy and just gone, right, the film's finished, let's get it online. I want everyone to see it. And then I've done that. And then I've kind of moved on, which is kind of, Yeah, it's not the best thing to do as a filmmaker, but I've always liked it because when I made Hits Like a Girl, there was like a 10-month span of like making the film and then the first few people seeing it. And it just felt like 10 months of my life I was working on something and no one was seeing it and I didn't even know if it was any good. And then when it went to festivals, it only went to a handful of festivals and then it went online and like a few people commented on it and stuff, but it was just, that was it. And, um, you know, I'm not saying I need thousands of people giving me adoration and validation. It's not about that. It's more just, I wasn't really feeling like a filmmaker, even though I was in the midst of making, you know, quite an ambitious short film. So I've fallen into this process of just like, make, 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 make. And there are pros to that, but there are obviously cons to that, that I'm trying to rebalance. So, Going back to the TV pitches, we really like the idea of meeting up, coming up with these TV pitches and submitting them, but then also we want to get making the next thing. So we've kind of talked about that as well, about how we can meet up, talk about how we're going to email and get on people's radars, but then also we need to work on the next thing that's going to be more ambitious than Harry is not okay, which is uh, exciting because I think this is going to be the most ambitious thing that I've made. Um, I mean, just by the fact that it's 11 pages and we've shot for three days and there's just a lot of moving parts on it. There's a lot of different things going on that are cool and we've cast like three other actors. Horror Cells, for context, was a one-day shoot We where we had two actors um, for a scene. And so, yeah, it's just kind of, it's getting into that realm of, Sort of actual filmmaking, if I was to be disrespectful to myself and my past work. I really hope this microphone isn't picking up the humming that's going on in my apartment building because this whole podcast is going to either sound like a David Lynch film or a Christopher Nolan film trailer because there's just this constant weird hum that sounds like I'm either going to die or it's a hands in my score. So I really hope, Ryan, that that isn't getting picked up and this is usable. So I think I've waffled a lot about nothing of any worth, really. I just wanted to talk about Harry's Not Okay and the fact that it feels really nice to get the first day out of the way and that I was a bit of a grump when we were shooting the morning of it because I was so terrified of all the stuff that had nothing to do with the film, which is shit and i feel sorry about that and i don't think the crew realized but you know when you're trying to make something you want to be this sounds so wanky but you want to be in the present moment and you want to be creatively involved and being and just having an impact on what's going on and instead i was kind of worried about what was not working and you know the the thing that we shot was a lot of cutaways and a lot of close-ups that has voiceover. And in my head on the day, I was like, this isn't funny. Like, this isn't working. Which now looking back was absurd because of course it wasn't working because how could it work if it hadn't been edited together and I hadn't recorded the voiceover and the whole comedy and it working comes through the editing and it wasn't edited. So how could it be working? So, but I only realised that afterwards of like, you know, I was worrying like, this isn't funny. Like this is meant to be kind of slightly humorous and it just feels so dry and depressing. And I don't want to make a depressing film. But then a couple of the guys were like, yeah, don't worry. It's it's going to be funny. Like the voiceover's funny. And then it also dawned on me that what we shot the whole day kind of equated to like one minute of screen time, maybe one minute 30 in like a 10 minute short. So then I realised that and was like, yeah, why, you know, why were you why were you kind of bothered about that? So it annoys me a little bit that I've made quite a lot of short films now and I've still not sorted that out in my own brain. Like it hasn't clicked into, you know, oh Harry, you're doing that thing again that you do when you make a film, sort of, you know, annoyingly. But then the afternoon came and it was a lot better. And Chris, who was acting as the dit and the he's gonna be editing the short film, he did a nice thing which was he showed me some stills with a lot on and they looked fantastic I thought they looked really great and and Lawrence was there as well and he was like man this looks exactly how we sort of imagined so that kind of again made me a bit more confident and was like yeah man we're making something good and the script is interesting so just go with it that was a lesson and hopefully I can take that into the next two days and just have fun with it and be creative and I feel as well like it's worth mentioning and I don't know if this is going to help anyone else out there but when you're making a short film you do have a you know your brain plays tricks on you and you worry about the things that you shouldn't worry about and you don't worry about the things that you should worry about uh, if you should worry at all but you forget that you're so lucky to be making a short film and that especially if you've written something and it started with a blank page and you've come up with an idea and sometimes your idea is crazy or it's a bit weird and people get involved like four five six people take time out of their lives to come and make your short film. And you need to sort of remember that. And I, I was having a chat actually with someone before we shot the first day and they were kind of like, how's it going? You know, how's everything going on with the with the film stuff? And I was like, mm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not sure sort of thing. And he's like, why are you not sure? So then we got talking about it and, you know, a couple of things that person said really hit home. And, and that was one of them, which is like, you're getting to do what you want to do you're getting to make things that you've worked on and you've collaborated and you know you're very fortunate basically and i need to remember that a bit more of like just getting up in the morning and being able to go to a flat in my building that someone's given us for free because we're making a short film you know which is very so nice of them because you know we didn't turn the place upside down but you know we moved a lot of stuff and we, you know, to pick the shots and what have you. And it's a lot of trust that someone's given us. You know, here's the keys to my flat. Then you've got like five people that are involved with it that are listening to you. And not just listening to me, but also in a collaborative way that they're, they're, they're bothered that they're getting excited as well. And they're coming up with ideas. And it's weird because, you know, Jim, the cinematographer and Lawrence, the co writer, before we shot, again, I'll go back to like, I was I was kind of wishing my life away, going, you know, I just can't wait to get this shot. Those guys were like really excited, and they and and again, like I feel bad about that now because that that excitement wasn't kind of rubbing off on me. Well, it, it was a little bit, but I feel like I felt a sense of guilt because you know the co writer was really excited and he's like, you know, this is gonna be really good. And then Jim was saying, I can't wait to shoot this bit and I can't wait to shoot that bit. I think maybe not being too harsh on myself my head was just uh, flooded in a lot of stuff. So I wasn't kind of appreciating it all. And I was kind of, I was on worry mode of like, oh, we've got to get this and we've got to do that. We've got to do this. And there's three days and we're shooting one day first. And then next week we're shooting another two days. And what happens if this happens? And it was just like total overthink mode. And you just kind of have to go, listen, it's not fucking apocalypse now. You're nothing special. It's a 10 minute poxy short film. That most people won't give a shit about, they especially won't give a shit about it the way that you do. Get it done, make it as good as you can and move on. I mean that in the best possible way by the way Lawrence if you listen to this and Jim if you listen to this. I don't think of it as a poxy short film but you know what I mean. You've got to put things in their place sometimes to just get a little bit of um, sort of awareness and objectivity on the whole thing if I was going to go and give advice to someone in terms of like filmmaking and the industry, and this is what Lawrence and I are talking about in terms of TV pitches and maybe getting a feature script written that we can do something with early next year is that for some reason, filmmakers think they're going to make a couple of short films and then the industry is going to grab them with open arms. But what we know, what we know now, and you can't say that you don't know this is that you have to make the work as if you are in the industry so you're already in the industry. You're not, you're not out of the industry. There's not an in and an out. It's either you're getting paid or you're not. You're broke or you're not, right? So you're a filmmaker and you're in the industry. They just don't know you exist yet. You, you're, you're your own industry. You're making short films. You're making whatever you're making. You're, you're writing feature scripts. You're writing pitches. So, so you're in it. You know, you're know you doing exactly what they're doing. It's just getting it to a quality where it's paying for your rent so that's what you've got to do and this idea of getting into development and getting a feature film script or getting a feature film budget that's such a long-winded game and and you know the easiest thing to do is to just rock up and go here's my feature film it's there i've done it it cost me 10 grand or it cost me five grand i shot it in 10 days what do you think you know and if they're like yeah it's all right it's like of course it's fucking all right because it's it costs five grand you know and if it's funny or it works as what it's meant to work as then you're going to be able to get work so that's kind of the plan that we're we're heading towards and what i've been heading towards for years it's just executing the fucker sorry guys i've swore a lot on this one um i'm not going to bother editing it out but I'm just, hopefully you can feel uh, the frustration, the passion and the mixture of emotions that are going on a couple of days after a shoot and a couple of days before a shoot. But I think that's that's why I think me and Lawrence are having this little, not a disagreement, but that whole thing about do we put all our energy into TV pitches or, or making a TV pilot next, which is what we spoke about, or do we just go, you know what, all hands on deck. We're doing a feature film. That's what's happening early next year, feature film. And I'm very much a feature film. And Lawrence is like, why don't we make something as soon as possible after this one? Which I'm also excited about. You know, I want to make, I want to keep making stuff. But I also want to make something that is impressive. And it's kind of a go big or go home feeling with me at the moment, you know, Everyone's making short films. How do we stand out? And I even feel bad talking about this again, because you're probably fed up of me talking about this. And you're probably like, Will you shut the fuck up and just go and make your film already? Uh, which is why I'm so pro getting a feature script written and just getting out there and, and get it made. Because if you don't, it's gonna take years and years and years and you don't know if you'll ever make one. I've been thinking about Ben Wheatley and how he sort of grabbed his career by his hands and you know there's so many examples that i won't go into but you know he was he was fed up with directing tv and i read an interview with him this week and he went to his agent and said i want to i want to get drama work i want to be doing this and he'd just been making ideal and his agent said i can't get you that you've got to go and make a short film and so Ben Wheatley was pissed off and was like, i got to go and make a short film. I've just been directing TV. So he went and made Down Terrace for like 15, 20 grand and shot most of it in his house. So it's possible to differentiate between like getting in the industry, you know, and feeling out of the industry. It's not being in or out. It's it's having a career, you know, and and making work sustainably. So you're doing this for the next 10 years or the next whatever. You know, I am I'm 32 and I'm looking and going well, where am I going to be at 40? Like, where do I want to be at 40? What's, what's, you know, I want to have made quite a few films by then, you know, so really I've only got eight years until I'm 40. You know, I know that's kind of deep and like Jesus, you know, thinking about mortality, but you know, you're meant to be quite productive in your thirties. So, and I don't want to be productive in terms of short films. We want to be productive in terms of feature films and TV directing. So that's where, you know, we've got to have our eye on the prize and that's what I've got to be focused on. And I think talking about yourself and your situation, obviously, you, you know your own unique situation, but I would also, you know, think about that. I know it can be a little bit anxiety inducing, especially if you've just had a strong coffee like I have, but you've got to be thinking, right? Where do I want to be? What, what, where, what do I want to be making? And why aren't I making it now? Like, and if you have to, and I know it sounds fucking Tony Robbins, but write it down. Like literally write down two sentences, what do you want to be making or doing and why aren't I doing it? Because the, the second sentence is so important because you know the first one and if you know the first one, then you're kind of a unique lucky person because not everyone knows that first sentence. So if you know that one, that's good. The second one is so important because what is holding you back? And if you write that down, and you read it back a few times, your bullshit detector might go off. And it it might be like, I'm not doing it because of money. And that's not an excuse because you can work around not having money. And if it's anything else, then you can address it maybe, or you can get to the root of the problem. And trust me, you will save yourself a lot of time. So believe me, read that second sentence over and over and you will get the answer you'll be able to address it. Now, I know I'm simplifying things here, but for example, with me, I wanna be making films and I wanna be directing TV. The second sentence, what is stopping me? I am stopping me. I can do it. I can do it this year. I could do it in a couple of months. You know, obviously the quality of the thing wouldn't be very good if I did it in a couple of months, but I could definitely do it in January and I could do it in January to a very good standard, I believe, you know, and also it's relative. I could do it to a very good standard, for very little money, you know, would it be a masterpiece film? No, probably not. You know, more than likely, no. But would it be a piece of shit? No, it wouldn't. Would it further my career? Would it further my development as a filmmaker? One hundred percent. So then, why aren't I doing it? And so this is, um you know, hopefully Lawrence does listen to this podcast because he'll understand my uh, my craziness a little bit more. But you know when I spoke to this friend that I alluded to before, who sort of, you know, talked out of me that things aren't actually that bad at the moment and you are blessed because you are doing what you're doing. He's kind of more mortality conscious than I am. And was like, you know, he said, I have a weird phrase that that I say quite a lot and it's, you'll be dead soon. You know, should I do this? Should I do that? And it's like, well, I'll be dead soon. And it puts things into perspective, obviously. Now I know that's a bit dark, ending on that on the podcast. But hopefully, if I edit this waffle down, it'll be a short podcast, you've listened to it whilst you've made your breakfast or your coffee or you're on a boring commute. And this will hopefully give you a slight kick up the arse and a little bit of awareness on your situation and what's holding you back and what things you're doing that is going well and what things are not going so well. So Thank you for listening. This has been episode 24 and I will see you next time.